Welcome to the Calgary Sessions. This is episode number 53. I'm your host, Jeff Humphreys. Today's guest, this is going to be um, a fun one for me. Um, we were just talking a bunch off camera, so I think this is going to be a really fun one. Uh, so go ahead, name and what you're up to. Uh, my name is Candice Ward and I, what I'm up to. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Loaded question. Yeah. Um, who I am. I'm a local sports photographer here in Calgary. That's a better way to say it, actually. I'm going to steal that. What's Who that? I am. Like, I, I always struggle with um, asking that question, like, to get somebody going. Yeah. But who I am, not what you're up to. So who you are. Yeah. Because I'm like, what I'm up to, that's, That's you know, a story. Yeah. But who I am. Yeah. I like that. I'm more, I'm more than just a sports photographer, obviously, but. But yeah, but that's how, like, <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. How people would recognize me. Yeah, okay. Well okay. done. So 50, it took 53 episodes to get me to a point where now that makes sense. <laughs> I've already enlightened you <laughs> yeah, like <totally. laughs> 20 seconds in. <laughs> We're going to shut this one down. <laughs> you've learned all you needed to here. <laughs> um, I think you've seen a, a couple of snippets of the show. So it's a pretty basic format. I like the guests to go back as far as they want. Mm -hmm. You know, go back to childhood, where you grew up, how you grew up. Mm -hmm. um, obviously your inspiration on the athletic side, even the creative side. So I think it'll be a It'll be cool to just weave through your story and then um, chat about where you are today. Sounds good. I'm in. I'm buckled in. Good. I'm ready for this. We're comfortable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, take it back. Take it back to a point that that you kind of remember. Uh, you know, for me, it's if somebody were asking me that question, I'd have a tough time going back to like childhood. There's just little moments of, you know, how I grew up or how my parents kind of pushed me in a direction. So yeah, go back to a point where you kind of remember things starting to click for you. Like literally, like camera click for me. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong word I actually, for you. Like, well, yeah, but I'm like that part. I actually remember. When was like, it? When was that one? Uh, like I don't remember my age. You I don't remember, remember where? my age, but I remember like my mom always had a camera. So I have when I refer to my mom, I have I have two moms. Okay. So I have my birth mom and the mom that raised me, okay. who was my grandma. So a lot of the time, it's yep. gonna be super confusing to yep. which one I'm talking about. Um, especially my, my grandma mom passed away in 2016. So if I refer to current time, I'm not speaking mm -hmm. about <laughs> that mom. Mm -hmm. Sorry to confuse, but it's my life. It's the you way know? it is. It's my when, life. When did that, when did that, oh, I'm going to stick right there. When did that, um, that change happen from like birth mom to grandma mom early? Um, yeah, I, my, my birth mom who, um, I, is like a sister basically yeah yep. she was just young when yeah. she had me quite young mm -hmm. when she had me where so. were you born pardon where were you born bonneville okay alberta yeah canada what's their, no. <laughs> what, what's their hockey team called bonneville pontiac yeah okay like the car yeah, i know <laughs> like the car <laughs> i just had a blank i was like i can't remember what they are yeah um yeah so i grew up i grew up with um my grandparents and He's technically my uncle, but I just call him my brother because he's only a year older than me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you explain that to kids in like your junior high or like your elementary school when you're a year apart mm -hmm. and like your school only has like 150 kids from like kindergarten to grade nine? Be like, yeah, that's my uncle. Like, you, you just don't. You just don't. You're just like, it's my brother. Yeah, these little brains are just like. Zzz. And he looks nothing like me. So like I would tell people we were twins and people like he's a grade older. And people would be like, believe me that that was my twin. He's like tall, like tall, slim, fair skin, blue eyes. Like he doesn't look anything. 
anything like me. And I'm like, yes, my twin. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but back to back to like camera stuff. I just remember my mom always had a camera around, so I would want to use it all the time. And she was terrible at taking photos. Mm. Like, I remember this one picture. She gets so, she used to get so mad at me for making fun of her for this. But it was like my brother's grad and my grandma. Um, so my great grandma. But it was, and she was sitting in a chair and it was the top of her head. And then my brother standing next to her and then mostly ceiling. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Like, like, why are you so bad at this? <laughs> but, you know, I guess it's just not like a natural thing for people to be able to compose their yeah. images properly. But. What kind of camera? Do you remember? Was it a, did she, was it a digital camera? Was it? No. It oh, got something, something got no. printed and you saw the final print? Yeah, it was, it was all film then. Okay. Oh, I'm aging myself so horribly. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but do you, I don't know if you'd remember this, but like. Do you remember when McDonald's had like cameras? You could get cameras from McDonald's. Um, they were like fluorescent. They were like skinny, kind of looking. Yeah, things. yeah. And I think I don't know if you got them with Happy Meals or something. Well, I do remember that. Yeah, yep. I'm like that was mm-hmm. that's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no world you're getting that from McDonald's now. No. But I had a lot of those, and I used like yeah. Oh, McDonald's come through with a sponsorship. (laughs) You can say your email address right now. (laughs) You can find me at. Yeah, it's like, hey, I started my career. I'm a good investment. (laughs) I'm I'm fueled by McDonald's right now. But (laughs) um, yeah, it just like, that's kind of like I always had one at my disposal. That even sounds punnier. Yeah. and then I remember, like, I knew that I wanted to take pictures of people, like that, or animal, like my pets or like something early, like that. Early, early, early. This is yeah, like yeah. you were young. Like, I was probably... Like elementary, junior to, high? Oh, yeah. Elementary. Okay. Like, I had to be no more than 12, yep. like 10, 12. And something about... Yeah, I just loved it. And I thought I, like, wanted to do, like, fashion photography. So I have my little cousin. She's two years younger than me, and she wanted to be a model. So, like, <laughs> these really ridiculous pictures, like... Do you still have them? Oh, yeah. Awesome. I want to frame them. Well, you should also do things on like Thursdays or Fridays, just like online to show people these wonderful pieces. They're obviously they're in my storage unit at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) So that will be hard to access them. Um, But they they're so funny, too, because she was so like elaborate, like a dramatic child. And she's like the least dramatic (laughs) cousin I have now. She's so like balanced and you know serious mm-hmm. now but like as a kid she was just like <laughs> like all over the place so were you like um like coaching her and like poses or what to do with no, her hair or anything you she just, just did it she I, just like rolled with it and, and i was just, like, just like yeah and i was just like but I, I look at these pictures and she's like sprawled out on this couch we used to have outside like posing on this couch and then on our like i don't know if you <laughs> the one of those horses that has like the strings attached or the springs attached yep. Yep. Just like posing mm-hmm. on these, like, you should. these pictures. <laughs> you should try and get her to recreate them now. Oh, she would do it for me, but she would like probably never let me put them out anywhere oh, because good. I think she's, like I said, she's too balanced. Yep. She doesn't like yeah, just need swing to. to the extreme anymore. She doesn't <laughs> like what I find funny. She does find funny, but like not to be the butt of the joke now. <laughs> so I'm sure I would, I could probably convince one of her daughters to do it. Oh, that would the ring. Yeah. Recreation. Yeah. That'd be cool. 
Gotta get the right the the dress though, because it's like white, and then the bottom part had like rainbow striped. It's wild. It's a vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe. <laughs> but yeah, I remember like I remember that 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 part of like wanting to do photography started really early. Um, I really thought I was going to be a carpenter growing up. Why? I don't know. But like, was there a trigger? Was there somebody somebody in your world that was a carpenter? Were you no. watching like nothing? No, I just liked creating and I mm. liked building things and I liked seeing a finished product to mm. things. I wasn't good at it. Like I would mess around and like do stuff like we'd have scrap wood and stuff and I'd like make things that were completely unsafe and unstable. <laughs> I, I don't know. Or maybe it's even just like the physical like the physical release of like yep. like hammer nails. Yep. Like, yep. I don't know. Mm. It was a it, thing for a while. Like you, like a while through junior high, like yeah, it was probably, I don't know, probably five years. But I was young, so like yep. it's probably from like maybe till I was about fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yep. That I was like, yeah, this well, is what I this want. Is what I got. So I took like I took shop and. Mm-hmm. You what did you make in shop? I have some weird memories of shop. Did you do the squirrel that like pulls the pan thing out? No. Oh, it's like a squirrel thing and it's like ear or well, it was more like a rat, but it like you use it to like pull hot pans out of the oven. Hmm. You just like cut it out. And... No, I made like this wooden dagger. It was like 13 inches, but it was all like round. Like the end was like kind of like a round tip and it had like, you know, the handle was different sizes of, man, it was really weird. I think for, for your LARPing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for so, your career in LARPing? Is that what so, they were for? Like? It was so random. <laughs> uh, there was some other stupid wood thing I made too. I can't remember. I think we were like building birdhouses and stuff too. And I was yeah. like planning my very elaborate birdhouse. It was going to be a mansion. Mm-hmm. Like birds, a two-story shack? Oh, yeah. These birds were going to live well. <laughs> and, but like we had to pay for supplies and stuff like that. And I just never... Like I didn't, I didn't end up because they like would price it all out for yep. us on like how much it was going to cost, yep. and I didn't end up making it for some reason. I maybe my mom was like, "You're not spending that much money on a pretend like a bird mansion." I'm like, but why not? <laughs> Such a <laughs> my, good idea. My concept of money at the time was like very lacking, and how little we actually had. Mm. So, yep. You know, did you did you have to start working early? Did you choose to start working early, or did you just kind of go through school and didn't have to work because you were just school was the focus? Uh, it wasn't that school was the focus; it's that I lived twenty minutes away from anything. Oh, so like we lived in the bush. Yep. I can't really. Yep. You, you know, can't jump on your bike and go ten minutes down the road to go to work for two exactly. hours. Exactly. Like, and ten minutes down the road. There's one store. There was one store near mm. us. So like there and, and my like my mom wasn't like super interested in driving. Yep. She was already driving me and my brother around for sports a ton. Mm-hmm. So then like getting a job on top of that, like and yep. I also didn't like to be completely honest, I don't think my work ethic was very good like when I was young. Like I did my homework and stuff in school and like I was a good student, um for the most part, but I just like I didn't, my I, like I said, my concept of money wasn't really there. So I just was like not thinking about earning my own money when mm-hmm. I had what I needed yep. with my mom and my dad. So I was kind of like, yeah, I just didn't really. I didn't get my first job till I was 19. Yeah, me too. 
Where was yours? Um, I might have been 18, but I, I worked at Safeway, stocking shelves. And, okay. and for me, it was like playing hockey because there, there was never time to – like you're skating seven days a week, so how are you supposed to work? Yeah. But you need gas money, you need, this, you need sticks, and like your parents, they weren't going to pay for everything. So yeah, it was, I started really late. And for mm-hmm. whatever, whatever reason, my parents didn't require me to get a job at 14 or 15 or 16, which is really cool. Yeah, same. Like we didn't <clears> – my brother – actually, that's a lie. My brother had a job. But he also had his driver's license early and could drive into town. Mm. I love, I love that. I love the small town into town. Like everybody knows what town I'm talking about. <laughs> I do now. Driving to town. Like there's only one town in Alberta that exists. Um, no, but you said it. Everyone knows where it's from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't work, and it's it's super funny. And people find this actually really funny that my first job was working at a liquor store. I've never had a drink in my life, still. No way. have not had a drink in my life. Hmm. And I have zero desire to do it. And there's no real reason. Yep. I just, I don't see any positive into it. Like, I don't yep. waste the money. I love being in control. Mm-hmm. Um, like your mornings. Yeah. I already hate mornings. Like, I'm not going to want to hate them more. Um, but that was my first job. And then I also bartended for, like, five years. Wow. So... People find that very funny. That what d- doesn't make a lot, especially bartending, especially bartending back then. Yeah. It was the Wild West. Like yeah. <laughs> anything went. I, I, was, I worked in nightclubs too. So, yeah. And back then there was no cameras. There wasn't a lot of rules. So you could kind of get yeah. after it. Well, I, I worked in a lounge and then I bartended like banquets and things like that. Yeah. So it was like, mm-hmm. I love the, lo- the question I love too is like, what was the best drink you, you could make? I'm like, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> just like, yeah. like, What's your favorite? Um, that one? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, cracking a beer and being like, here, give me money. Like, give me a dollar tip for going like this. For you. Like, I don't know. So random. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I didn't really work until I was 19. And then I had to get a job because I was like. You were done high school. Yeah. And I had gone to university for a year, but came back because I, I didn't like the path that I was going down. I didn't think it made any sense for me. So Where are I... you taking? <laughs> Something ridiculous? Yeah. Good. Something ridiculous. Okay. Um, I took three ridiculous things. What were they? Kinesiology. Yeah. Dropped out. Mm, makes sense though, coming from hockey. Yeah. Uh, computer information systems, be a programmer. Dropped out. Yeah. And then this like business marketing start thing, dropped out. Okay, I'll shed mine. No, you don't have to. No, we'll keep we'll keep going. But you went for are you a sure? year. Are you sure? This, no. it's, <laughs> this, okay. this, this is a you it's thing. It's not even like it's not even that embarrassing. But I went for like I went for acting. Okay. And how is that embarrassing? I'm terrible on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so you just had to figure it out. That's all. Yeah. Well, I I realize now that I actually would make a totally fine director. Yep. Like. So it's not the stupidest path ever, but it just like I, I get I get there. I go to UBC. So first, I, I a, with the, that's a big like leap to go to UBC from. Yeah, I had originally applied to Vancouver Film School. Oh wow! Got in, um, and then cool because I'm Indigenous. I have some like funding advantages, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't apply to Vancouver Film School, so I, I I dropped out of there. I didn't actually attend. Like that's a big school to get into. Yeah. Like it's a 
There's some super creative people that come go there and come out of there. Yeah, and I was I was 18. So did you have time. to submit a portfolio to get in or something? Nope. No. This is I'm not no, actually I'm not going to go into that. Um so Vancouver Film School I I didn't go so yep. I I ended up going back to high school for a year. Yeah. Like grade 13? Yeah. I did that too. Kind of. <laughs> like in Bible, I was just like it was weird because it was like I was gone, I was in Vancouver and then the day before like I get back to town like at 1 a.m. and I'm in class for my extra year of high school the next day. Everyone's like, I thought you were in Vancouver. I'm like, yeah, I thought I was too. <laughs> but there was a strategic reason to that. It yeah. was it was that um, the way my funding worked was if I worked for the full year, I wouldn't really – I would be low priority for funding. Yep. If I came straight out of high school, I'm high priority for funding. Yep. So I'm like, I can upgrade for a year. Um, get better grades and I'll apply to UBC. Yep. So that was the logic and that's yep. what I did. So it makes sense. It's not as nah, smart as I appeared. I actually was pretty smart. Um, got good grades, got into UBC, no problem. Yep. The first day of my second semester of my theater class, I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. What am I going to do with this? And I immediately dropped out. <laughs> like, but I already did a full semester of like history, philosophy. When did you drop out? Did you drop out at like reading break or you drop out just randomly? No, I dropped out a week into like the second the semester. What, first week in January, whatever it is. Yep. Done. I was like, this is not for me. And then what'd you do? At least I'm a very certain person. <laughs> I'm very sure of my decisions. Yeah. Uh, I moved here um, and then just started working retail. Moved to Calgary. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and what? And were you okay with bouncing like from Bonneville all the way to Vancouver and then to Calgary? Like, the, the I'm very adaptable. I've discovered change uh, wasn't. No, it was fine. And why'd uh, you why'd you decide to come to Calgary? My my family was actually almost all here. Okay. So my both my my birth mom was working here, and my uh, my mom was here like nannying babysitting my cousin had a baby so she was here helping her with with my uh little cousin um so just it just made sense to come here and then i just started working and um then i ended up going back to bonneville for a little while and then uh and then eventually came back but yeah I, i went and then i also went to so vancouver film school ubc then i went to sate and I did graduate. What'd you take? Journalism. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. And I also teach in the program I graduate from. Right now? I'm on a break right now. Cool. But yep. have been an instructor there for since 2019. Cool. Um, all my all my students will be want their shout out. What's <laughs> 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 <It's> up, Saint? <laughs> um, and and the journalism piece, like what what was starting like why'd you decide to go there? Oh, that okay. So I was like, okay, I got to start doing something with my life. Not that, like, I loved bartending and I loved working as a server. Like, that's yep. the skills I learned from that are so relatable to what I do now. Like, that probably mm-hmm. the best decision I ever made in my life was mm-hmm. to be a server. It fit my personality so well. It um, was so fun. And you constantly meeting new people, interesting yep. people. Reading them. Yeah, and it it works really well with journalism. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like that quick, instant connection. Yeah, 
and building trust quickly. Like yep. they want to know I'm not spitting in their food. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like it's the same relatable mm-hmm. thing. Not really. I would never do that. That's disgusting. <laughs> um, but it's interesting though, hey, that you can now see that. Like, oh, yeah. But at the time when you're working in the industry, mm-hmm. like, this is good. It's, it's something that fits, but you don't really actually know what you're learning. Yeah. And people like not not many people, but some people look down on that as not a legitimate career. A lot of people. Yeah. And it's like, try it. It is hard. Mm-hmm. Like you learn to multitask. You learn to problem solve. Yep. Like dealing with people is like super hard. Yep. Um, Cash. Yeah. Like dealing with like tip outs and doing all your numbers at the end of the night. Mathing. Mathing. Mathing is so hard. Yeah. Um, so I was doing that and then I was like, I think it's time. Like it's time. I, I feel ready to take the next step. Mm. Um in my life and I want to move towards something that I'm really going to enjoy. And I knew photography was something that I really enjoyed. Still, was it a part of you all these years? Were you still taking photos or was it just like, not, I was yeah, like I was, but not in a, like not with intent. You were just kind of taking, I just, I loved the memories. Mm. Like, so I would take pictures like out with my friends all the time yep. and it's people. I still knew it was just people I wanted to capture in that moment of like, it's it's like a visual diary. Instead mm-hmm. of writing in those times, I would take yep. pictures constantly. And I do it with my phone still. I, I stopped for a while. There's like a bit of a gap for a bit where I didn't really do that. But now it's like I don't post everything, obviously, but I'm into like inserting myself into my life. Yep. It's a big one. Yeah. So I was looking at programs in Calgary, what yep. was available for photography. So it came down to like ACAD or it mm-hmm. came down to SATE. came to two programs. ACAD's four years, SATE's two years. ACAD, I have to draw. I can barely draw myself out of a paper bag. Is that their like their arts program or their fine arts yeah. degree thing? Yeah. Okay. And like the requirements. Super intense. Yeah. The requirements <clears throat> there versus like, I'm, I'm more of a practical skill kind of person. So SATE just made more sense because it was like I could have a writing like a writing background as well mm-hmm. and photography. So yep. like and it's two years versus four years. I'm like, this yep. just makes way more sense for me. Mm-hmm. But in my brain, and I talk about this a lot, I'm like, I don't know why I thought I was gonna do fashion photography. I think that's what like working with people, like in my brain, how it related. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really fully understand photojournalism. Mm-hmm. But I thought to work with people, I kind of had to get into like fashion or like that kind of portrait photography. Yep. So that was kind of my intent. But I'm like, well, I'll get a journalism diploma so that I can work with people and still write. But that should get me into like a magazine type world. Yep. Um, so that was kind of like the initial, the initial thought. But, what year was that? Uh, when did you graduate? Say it. Oh, eight. Oh, eight. Yeah. So even then, they're like digital we uh, were full digital yeah and i guess social like social media it was there like facebook facebook was 05 yeah but i get when you said magazine right yeah you can kind of picture that because that's that was a big a big media like that's the a big format back then was to get published in magazines so it kind of makes sense why you were seeing that as the direction mm-hmm. yeah so that was kind of the that was kind of the plan and then and sports stole my heart. Do you remember? Just came in and <laughs> like, and what, what what was it? Were you done done your program? 
No. Uh, so during my program, like we had to do certain assignments. Uh, like each week you had to cover a sporting event each week. Okay. And I loved it. It was so right away. Fun. Oh, yeah. But like I played sports all through my whole like like junior high, high school. I played sports like anything I could play. I played it. Yeah. Um, good. Like, but I loved it. Mm. Um, so then just kind of being reintroduced to that world because there's a gap in between yeah. when I graduated high school to when I went to state that there was like no sports in my life at all. Why is that you think? Just, I think that small town thing and just like not being exposed to a lot of high level sport or like mm -hmm. you're just kind of like and being a girl, I think that that makes a difference too. Like there's lots of stats about when when girls quit playing sports. Yeah, yep. um, and it's true because there's a, it's not super accessible. Like you think it is, but it's not because you come out of high school, you don't really make that much money, so you're not like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna spend my money on playing sports. Mm -hmm. Like I have to pay for it myself now. Like, yep. and you know, in high school, it's easy, it's available. But now you've got all these like intense fees. You maybe don't have a car. Like how? Like yep. even my basketball league that I play in right now, we play all over the city. Mm -hmm. Like it's not super accessible for somebody who's 18 years old now to yep. be like, here's this, you have to pay this much money and now drive, get yourself all over the city at weird hours. Yeah. So that makes sense. That's part of the reason. Like I just didn't play sports. Yeah. Um, and you, you forget how much you love it too and how much you yep. have learned from it. Like yep. the, the other benefits aside from the, the, like physical benefits, the social benefits of mm -hmm. it. I feel very strongly about playing recreational sports. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it's 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 important. I play yeah. like beer league twice a week, and yeah, it's like the mental like health yeah. like benefits yeah. of it. Just to, um, I don't know what you feel, but even just to uncheck from your work and your phone for an hour, an hour and a half yeah. to be to be around people that you. Um, don't need you for work services. Like it's just, you know, you can bullshit with them. You can make rude jokes. You can just like, yeah, really have fun. I just feel like I'm, I'm a truer version of myself mm -hmm. when I'm there. Yeah. Just like, I'm just me. I'm just another person on the court. Um, I love running around and screaming at other girls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Like I just enjoy it. It's yep. not, it's not, I'm not, and I'm also not lugging a ton of gear around yep. and, you know. Hey, show up light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's fun. I don't know. It's, it's, that's my outlet. So not, not having that outlet, you know, through COVID and stuff was tough, yep. but it's good. It's yeah. good to have it back. Totally. But yeah, I definitely stopped. I stopped playing sports for like quite a while yep. and then start picking it back up again when you were shooting at say like when you started shooting sport you're like oh this is awesome did you start yeah. picking it up again yeah because then i found out about like uh like some of the recreational leagues around yeah. the city yeah because i i don't know why i just didn't know about them but when you're shooting that you kind of have to research mm -hmm. so i found out more about kind of the leagues that were available yeah. in the city um so then i joined some of those and you know cool. had some fun well, and there's everything like whatever those mm -hmm. from lawn bowling to volleyball to basketball to bike like there's just you can do mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. which is kind of cool i played volleyball for a bit that was a mistake i hate volleyball i hate volleyball too it hurts like it just no i'm like for 
at a junior high, I just like I can still feel the pain in my wrist. I was like I was so bad at it, and it just. I used to have braces, so I'd get hit in the face a ton. Yeah, it's like bumping into yourself, and like it was only like pe- guys. Would I'd, hit- I'd miss a hit. Mm. And it would like hit me in the face and cut squares out in my lip. And I'm like, I hate this so much. Like, I quit volleyball, I think, in grade 10. Mm-hmm. That's when I quit early because I just, like I could serve. I was getting to the point they would just sub me in to serve and then sub me back out mm-hmm. again. They and, like, no business out there. Well, I just I just didn't like basketball is way more fun. And then I was I was really into badminton. Like it's a tricky sport. Boys, I love it. Like it's skilled. It takes a lot of. It's fast and like. It's so accurate mm-hmm. and. A lot going on. Yeah, you got to be quick mm-hmm. and yeah. I love badminton. When was the last time you played? Um, I've played a couple times. Nothing like um. Probably twenty twenty. Yeah, I think. Like in a league or something, or just no, like just pick just up. for fun. Yeah. Um, I have a friend I would go with sometimes, and I would just own him. <laughs> oh, you should you should tell us who that friend is. No, <laughs> hard no. <coughs> He's gonna be mad now that I said I owe him. He may have beat no. I don't think he beat me. No, I I beat myself a couple of times, maybe like just inaccurate. <laughs> like I'd lose points on my own inaccuracy, but yeah, it wasn't them. Yeah, no. no, I could have been playing myself and it would have been the same result. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> oh man. Um, go back to that state when you said you've kind of realized that sport is what you wanted to shoot. Like, what what was your aha moment when you were shooting the? Well, it involved people. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, um, it's usually pretty positive. Like, there's a lot of nice. Like, there's not a lot of negativity surrounding sports. Yep. Usually, you're usually catching people in their best moments. Yeah, rarely their worst. Mm-hmm. Um. But you can never, ever replicate that moment. You can never, mm. like, it's gone. Yep. You missed it, you missed it. And there's, like, a little bit of, like, excitement and adrenaline in that, knowing that, like, you're never going to shoot that goal again. You're never going to get that yep. touchdown again or mm-hmm. that exact moment ever again. And you're recording history. Whereas, like, portraits are great, but you could be like, oh, wait, do that again. Let me just check what I did. And, yeah. yeah. Well, let's just move you. Let's just tweak this light a little bit. We can do that again. Like, as long as it's in the same day, like, you're still catching kind of the same thing. You can catch the same thing. Yeah. It's kind of like weddings. Weddings are kind of the same as sport, too. Yeah. You can't replicate those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think, like, I do think sports photographers make great wedding photographers, but wedding photographers might not make the best sports photographers. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, but we understand catching those moments and understanding how fleeting they are. Yep. So that is what I really started to like about sports mm-hmm. photography and why it just drew me in. And all sports. Like, did you run around to all the different state sports that were happening? No, sure didn't. What'd you stick to? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what I covered. I barely remember what I covered. And it was during, it was like shooting and writing articles for. No, um, just shooting. We were lucky in that the Hitman would allow us to come to games when we were in college. Oh, yeah. Um, like, shout out to Brad Curl. Um, great dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would he would give us passes to come cool. in. So uh, being able to shoot, like, junior hockey in um, 
the saddle dome, yeah. like having access to the saddle dome yep. while you're in college is like a huge, mm-hmm. huge opportunity that they, I do not take lightly. When they, um, when you got, we had your first chance to go down there, you guys hooked up, is everybody hooked up to the main lights? No. Like when you trigger it. Oh, no. no I, was, I was like, if they can't have a bunch of people <laughs> figuring this out because no. everyone would be blind in there. No, that's the Flames photographers. That's his, those okay. are his lights. Okay. So he's hooked up to them. But even for Hitman uh, now and Roughnecks now, I'm not, I don't use them. Okay. So he, when you started shooting the Hitman, mm-hmm. that got very interesting. Oh, I loved it. It was so good. It was so fun. Um, that's when Michael Stone oh, played yeah. for the Hitman. Yep. Uh, and Martin Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that was that was really fun. So like hockey was comfortable for me. And would you, were you ringside? Were you behind the scenes? Like how did it? Only ringside. We weren't like given access to do anything behind yep. the scenes. And that wasn't really, there wasn't a lot of that going no. on then. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a thing now. Yeah. Um, do you think that it wasn't a thing because social wasn't very big back then? I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not really sure how the like the sports media world worked too much then, because it was like I would show up, do the game, get my action shots, and then go home, edit. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's very different. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't as traumatized as I am now. No, <laughs> not traumatized, but <laughs> <laughs> my eyes have been open. We'll say <laughs> my eyes are open to what goes on for real now. I can't imagine. <laughs> Um, so the hitman was kind of your first, um, experience in the dome. Yes. Like on a, so sport on a big level, let's say compared to college university stuff. Mm-hmm. And then from there, what happens? Like, what's your, what's your path look like? School finishes and then. Yep. Uh, so I actually got a freelance contract before I finished school. Um, I did my practicum with Metro news. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That old gone, right? Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Gone. I remember it. R.I.P. Yep. Um, Shooting what? Everything? News. Okay. Yeah. So my first, the reason I got my freelance contract was, so I did my practicum there and then I happened, I was just like randomly at my mom's house waiting for my new laptop to get delivered and I heard this like huge smash outside. I looked outside and this bus had hit a milk truck and then the milk truck hit a house. Wow. But I had my camera. So I walked out shot stuff, wrote everything up, did the interviews, stuff like that, and then sold it back to where to Metro. And they're like, oh, yeah, come sign your freelance contract. Cool. And that's like – That's how you got in. That's how I got in. Hmm. Because um, I had good news sense at the time. I had very good news sense, and I was kind of around stuff that was happening. Yep. I happened to be around things that were happening. Not that I'm a magnet for bad things, but <laughs> I was around. Yeah. Um. So that kind of – so that kind of started like I, I entered daily news like right out of college. And then I also went down like a corporate path as well, like working with a lot of indigenous companies. Mm-hmm. So I was go that to, a, a, a choice like you wanted to go down that path? Yeah. Yeah. Like you like, wanted to like, liked, showcase and like. Yeah. I liked connecting like connecting with really cool people like yep. within my community. Mm-hmm. Um, but Corporate as well, it, it pays a lot better than editorial. Yep. So yep. one helped the other, mm-hmm. we'll say. Yeah. Um, but like the further my news career went, the more and more I discovered that I don't love crime. Like I'm a no crime zone kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and especially my time working as a reporter, um, my job sometimes was to like sit, listen to the scanner, and you don't go anywhere unless someone has died. Mm. And that's really hard to like absorb yeah. as a person. And then yeah. when that does happen, you spend like the next day or two like calling their loved ones to get information yeah. for the story. The story itself, I do not think there's nothing wrong. Like, and I and I've thought about this a lot that if I were to die in an accident, I do want that story out. The story about who I was as a person, like the the motivation behind it isn't something malicious. But you just feel like a filthy person making yeah. those phone calls and yeah. reaching out to people. You just – you don't yeah. – like people are grieving and you just feel horrible doing it. But the, the motivation behind it is actually for good. Like you want to put this like – it's never anything negative. You're putting something out there that says like this is – you're making that person a person mm -hmm. to everyone. Yeah. So – that's the motivation is good and I understand it. Just being that person having to be the vehicle for it is it's it was not for me. No. So I moved back. That was that was in Edmonton. So I moved back to Calgary and I'm like, I'm gonna start focusing my career on what I really enjoy doing, the pieces that I really enjoy doing. So I still worked in news for a while, but I really started to lean more towards sports and push myself to to build a career in sports. So mm. that's what I've been doing. And that's what I've been focused on like very heavily, probably for the last 10 years now. Yeah. And, and that focus, like <clears throat> I'm guessing there's a bunch of photographers that want to be in your position. I'm going to say yes. I'm guessing there was, uh, when you were trying to, you know, um, carve your path into the sport world, there was people that were existing and doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's a long grind. Everyone sees the end right now, right? They see like, all the logos that you all the things you do, yeah. The path that to get you there, like what does that actually look like? You know, to to try and make inroads with these big sport organizations that have established shooters. Yeah, it. It's not one of competition. I'll say. I actually would say I feel like I did this very ethically, mm -hmm. and I went about it based skill based. So, it's never been something. Of being like, oh, the person you're currently using isn't very good. You should use me instead. That is not me. 100% mm -hmm. not me. Our community is very, very small. And other photographers are allies. They're not your competition. Like, I'm very, I feel very strongly about that. Like, yeah. I refer a lot of people. People refer a lot of stuff to me. And it usually comes from other photographers. Mm -hmm. So having strong relationships with them is a super important thing. So I'm not going to step on toes or backstab anyone just to get one extra contract. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. So my first, my first uh, like team photographer job was with the Calgary rage. They were looking for some sponsors. So that's women's tackle football. I should be clear on that. Yep. Um, they were looking for some sponsors and I was looking for a team to kind of make my own and invest myself into like storytelling wise. Yep. And creatively, I was looking for like a creative outlet. So they were amazing. They are, if you have never been to one of their games, like it's fun. They're great. Like personality. You were having, we had women that were like 18 to, I think at the time the oldest was 50. Wow. Playing tackle football. Wild, not wild. the other league that people talk about with women football. This is tackle, full tackle. Um, 
so they let me work on like a portrait project where I did like all these like creative portraits. I really want to push myself to like do that for a full team. Cool. Kind of like what a media day, like we see all the media days coming from the NBA, the NHL, like yep. all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's what I was trying to do with them. Mm -hmm. I created an amazing set of photos, did some games for them. And then later that year, uh, USA Today Sports Images had taken over the, the sports contracts from Reuters. And they were looking for someone here in Calgary, and there was a position available. They had someone already, but they were looking for a second shooter. So I applied. I got recommended, and I applied and got it. So then I started shooting like NHL, so right. Flames. So yeah. this I'm going into my 10th season with them now. No way. And then in 2015, they were – I don't know how to say this. 2015 – um, I had gone, I had been in contact with the communications person with the hitman and the roughnecks. Um, yep. she was handling both and she had invited me out to like a media event. I went and then she asked if I would be interested in covering like a roughnecks game. I said, well, my, like my paper isn't going to run it because we don't run papers on Sunday and like all their games would happen on Saturdays. So I'm like, we can't really use it. And like online wasn't as big of a thing. Mm -hmm. So she's like, well, just come anyways. So I went anyways, and she's like, oh, throw us a few photos. And I was like, I don't want to step on the toes of the person who's here working, but I'm already there. So I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, okay, well, I'll send them. So I send her the photos, but then she was like, oh, can you come in? Can you come in and shoot um, like the WHL playoffs as a second shooter to work with the team photographer? I'm like, yeah, yeah for sure. So I was like, tell me where you need me. I'll go where you're not. Tell me what you need me to yep. do. So worked with him. Um, and then in the, and then it's the same for like Roughnecks playoffs that year. Then in the summer, the position came open um, to do the Hitman. So that's 2015. So she asked if I wanted to take over as a team photographer. And I said, well, of course. Like, <laughs> so they approached me mm -hmm. saying like, we've got this position open. Are you interested? And, and this is based on skill, personality, you know, yeah. doing your job properly. I hadn't talked to her from the <clears throat> time of the Roughnecks, the Roughnecks game I had shot until, and then to the point when she offered the job. Hmm. Like I didn't really have any communication with her in that time. So yep. it wasn't me saying, like I was saying things like, you know, if there's another opportunity to come out another time, yep, love more to. than interested. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where that ends. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's it's still like that. Um, so yeah, then in 2015 I took over that and then was offered the Roughnecks as well because she handled both teams at the time. Mm -hmm. So I've been shooting for them since 2015 and I'm still there. Cool. And now I'm adding the Wranglers on top of that, which nobody knows. <laughs> it, which is fine just to, to talk about. But awesome. <laughs> awesome. And and the growth, like to you know, what I'm interested these days for myself is kind of looking back and being like, how the, where you are today is a, is a, is a great place mm -hmm. from the outside. I'm sure there's different things you'd like, but you, you're in a great spot. You have mm -hmm. a lot of opportunity. You're shooting like all the best sports in Calgary. Mm -hmm. The path that led you there. Do you ever catch yourself just thinking like pausing for a second, be like, how the, or is this, just, does it all just feel right? And it, all the work that you put in is like, I worked hard. Yeah. Like I worked hard and that was by design. That is yeah. not none design, of this. Right? This is not fluke. Yeah. This is not luck. Like I worked hard and like very hard to get here. So 
is it fun to look back and, and to know that, you know, like working with the rage and doing all these and just having these little moments that just have led to this. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's got to feel like you've, it just, it feels like I still have so much further to go. And when you say that, do you mean creatively? Yes. Or, or do you mean um, like on the scale of sport? Like, would you a go little, shoot? A little bit of both, I think. Like, do you want to shoot Wimbledon? You know, like, do you want to shoot like giant events like the Indy 500 or like, or is it just the creativity no. of what you, it's with the, people? Yeah. It's the creativity. It's more, like, I feel like I'm. Like, I feel like I do good work. I just feel like I could do better work mm. every day. I just feel like I could do something better. Mm. And I don't want to just sit in this place of comfort. Yep. I want to keep pushing to yep. be better every day, like like an athlete. If you mm. look at it like an athlete, like Connor McDavid isn't sitting around in his off season being like, yeah, I'm good enough. Like, I'm good enough. That's no, there's there's players mm-hmm. coming up mm-hmm. that are fighting for his spot every day. And I'm not Connor McDavid. No, nope. like we're not but, saying that. But, but it's the exact same idea. Yeah, like I need to get better all the time. So like I saw through COVID, a ton of people like during lockdowns they did nothing. That was not me. Like what was your I move? Was, What'd you do? Because I, I was grinding hard. What were you doing? Because I, I didn't catch up with you online until like recently, but a year ago ish. So mm-hmm. what were you doing during COVID? What was your? Do you have a creative idea? I did. So what I did was. Um, I did three bigger projects. I did, and then like a bunch of other like creative shoots, but I did three bigger projects. I did um, creative COVID workouts. So I'm, I kind of connected with some like local athletes. All of these are based on sport. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> I did have the time to really focus in on what I really loved about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I still love doing like creative portraits and creative, like connecting with people and like that's a big thing for me. So the first one was creative COVID workouts. Um, So one of our, one of our rage athletes, she, she lives on a farm. So we did her, her workout was like farm based. I think I saw this one. Yeah. And it was cool. That was like her legit workout. Like none of this is like posed. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, just do your workout. I'm just going to document it. And it's like her doing, like box jumps onto hay bales mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. you know, like just lifting bales and swinging concrete blocks. And yep. like the pictures are so good. Um, there's like horses and sheep and stuff in the background. Like it's, and she's, and she's also just like a wonderful push the alley. And all of it was done like COVID safe. Like I'm distance away. Yep. Everything was shot outside. Yep. Um, who else did I connect with in that time? Uh, there was oh it was like the the team captain for the Seattle Thunderbirds was pulling a truck that was part of his cool part of his like workout he'd pull a truck mm-hmm. so and I was like oh that looks easy I'm gonna try like it didn't look easy did it you hook looked, yourself up to the thing oh yeah I did it I did it and I could pull the truck awesome and then I think he thought this is like well if she could pull it then I could probably pull it with my ankle <laughs> so he tried that and I'm like he failed miserably. But I mean, what little does he know that I actually do train quite a bit yeah. and like yeah, you're fit. Yeah, like I'm not in the wor- I'm not in great shape at the moment, mm-hmm. but I during COVID too, I was actually in fairly good shape. Um, and I I had had a knee injury, so like training for I've been training like I've been working like with trainers for a long time. Yep. So 
um, was not above my skill set to just pull a truck, <laughs> just casually like rode in. I'm gonna put my camera down here and just yeah, go. and then I'm just gonna pull this truck down the street. Um, I'm trying to think what who else did I connect? Oh, uh, Care Christmas, water polo player for Team Canada had built a pool in her backyard out of hay bales. Cool. To are train you, in. Are you finding these people? Or are they finding you? Did you throw the idea out there and people started to come find you or did you? I found them a lot of the time. That yeah. The pool one, though, came through my friend Leah Hennel. She had shot it the day before. And I'm like, oh, I'm working on this series. Are you cool if I have her contact? She said, yeah, of course. Like, cool. I got the contact from somebody else. So mm -hmm. it's it's fine. Yeah. And me and her are really good at working together. Like I said, having relationships with other photographers is super important. Yeah. So we share contacts a lot of the time because we see things different. Mm -hmm. We just see things different. So mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not worried about what she's doing. Like we work together, we're friends. Yeah, it's fine. We're not competing. Have you always felt other. like that? Um, trust, trusting yourself, like knowing that what you do is different than um, like when you when you when you're confident enough and you trust yourself, you don't have to like watch other people. That's a great spot to be. I feel like yeah. it, it takes a little bit to get there in your profession specifically. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when it happened. But you're a confident person. You're like. It just makes sense. Does it come across? Well, it's, it's yeah. It's, <laughs> you sit down, you're just like, yeah, what, like whatever. Yeah. No, um, I don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Yeah. I really don't. Which is comfortable. It is. Like it's. It's, it's very comfortable. But it's not being cocky. No. It's just confidence. Exactly. Like I worry about what I'm doing because I'm the one, mm -hmm. like I need to make a better picture every day. Mm-hmm. I don't need to make a picture the same as somebody else. I yep. need to make my own yep. stuff. Yeah. That's that's what matters that's to me. That's the art. Exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, my second project I worked on was it was like an Olympic project. It was kind of like photographing our Olympians um when they were supposed to be at the Olympics, but they were just home doing whatever. So that was the idea. It was just cool. like get them in their competitive gear, doing exactly what they should have been doing, like doing what they were, what they're actually doing instead of being at the Olympics. It's harder to explain that concept and it did okay. Like yep. I sold it, but it, um, so what do you mean sold it? I sold it to live wire just to run so that it saw some, the light of day Gotcha. and had the athletes like write their own little portion of it. Cool. Of like kind of how they felt about the Olympics being postponed mm -hmm. um, and what they actually were up to and how they like really had to like buckle in and focus on another full year of training basically gotcha. hmm. when they thought they'd be at the end of their yep. training. So that that one was really fun. Like I, I finally connected with uh, like Erica Weeb. I'd never worked with her before. And cool. She is she is a force. I love working with her. <laughs> I could tell you're lighting up. <laughs> oh yeah, like I love Erica and uh, like Haley Daniels and mm. um, she was on here. Yeah, she is. She is uh, amazing. Yep, like special. Yep, she is definitely special. Um, and you contact these people like you just reach out and say, yeah, "Hey, I got I'm this a idea," creep and just slid into their DMs. But you also have the you also have the um, I have the portfolio to that's back it. it. You're not just some rando. And hey, I, have, I have an idea. And I have these other connections. Like I have I have pull. Like in, yep. in Calgary, I have pull. I'm yep. not going to say that that relates mm -hmm. much further outside of maybe Canada, but I have some pull. Yep. Um, so you levered, you kind of thought about your network, came up with cool ideas. Yeah. And, and then, then it's, it's really funny. Um, before I talk about my bigger, my bigger project, <laughs> um, <laughs> Steph Labbe slid into my DMs and says, I'm still waiting for a soccer player to like 
grace your feed here. And I'm like, I want to reach out to you, uh, but you have too many followers. I didn't think there's any world you mm-hmm. would have mm-hmm. been on board. Like Team Canada Women's Soccer, they're a big deal. Yep. So I didn't want to like, you know, like I, she doesn't know me. She doesn't owe me anything. We don't yep. really have any mutual contacts per mm-hmm. se. Like we do here and there, but it, it was maybe more a little more removed. Yeah. And then she's like, no, like I want to work with you sometime. How cool is that? But it took, it took actually a while for us to actually come together and find the right timing. But we worked on, I don't know if you've seen, if you've seen the picture, there's two pictures that are out from that shoot, but I painted her full gold. After they won the gold medal, I painted her gold. Mm, that one sounds very familiar. Yeah. If you look on my feed, you'll see it. Or you look on hers, you'll see it. Um, I worked with a CGI artist on that, but but she has actually painted gold in the cool. in the shoot. And it was that was just a personal project. That didn't even like that was not commissioned by anyone. That was just like, can I paint you gold? She's like, Yep. <laughs> I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm like, let me work on this. <laughs> when, when she DM'd you, like, what do you, it's, what does that feel like? Almost like, um, I made it. No. <laughs> but, you know, you're successful, you're connected, you have a network, and then the, there's just, and then just outside your network, when that happens, though, it just, I don't know, does it give you goosebumps? Does it just like invigorate you? Does it like just, your creativity level level goes through the roof or like is it just it just validates a little bit of the process yeah. it just says I'm, I'm moving in the right direction and, and as a confident person talented confident person mm-hmm. um you don't need those you don't you don't need that all the time no. but every once in a while it just kind of yeah helps you keep going yeah there's there's you know like sometimes you hit that stall like where things are maybe not moving as quickly as you'd like them to. Like, I'm not someone who likes to stay still. And that's the problem. Like, in all aspects of my life, I like things to be moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that, those moments, like, when you're feeling a little bit, like, stuck, yep. then you get those little those little things, like, what you're doing is making a difference. And I think ultimately, too, like, what I'm doing is, it's not really about me all the time. I'm telling other people's stories. Yep. But to know that they make a difference to them, that's, you know, when you're accu- accurately representing somebody, that's like, mm-hmm. that's the moment that you know that you're doing it right yeah. and that you're growing. So, yes, it's it's validation in a maybe I don't need the validation. No. But I like the validation. Just it keeps you moving forward. Exactly. And like you, you just said, like, it reinforces the fact you're on the right path. And then you're just like, okay, I can take a, I can take a breath. I understand this is just a, a moment mm-hmm. of kind of lull or just kind of doing the same things, but yeah. I'm on the right path. Exactly. Then my third project, I'll mm-hmm. talk about my oh, third project, even I, though I, you didn't ask. No, no, I, no. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going there. <laughs> I got to go there. I got to go there. So I started this like outdoor ice project. Um, it has been done. Like that. I, there's nothing like – the idea of it's not original. It had nothing to do with about being original. That mm-hmm. wasn't the idea. It was like seeing all those beautiful photos of like Lake Louise with the really glassy ice and like, you know, you put a skater on it and, mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of amplifies this lifestyle and what mm-hmm. Canada is. And um, I just wanted a picture for my own personal library of, you know, somebody out on the ice. But because I worked so closely with the hitman. I was like, well, I have talented skaters at my disposal. 
not necessarily at my disposal. Let me rephrase that. They're they're talented skaters that there's some that I may be able to that yeah. we may be interested the, in. In your network. Yeah, in my network. So I asked I had asked Orca Weisblatt, who was a player at the time for us in about twenty nineteen. I was like, oh, it was just a casual conversation to him. Like, we should try this sometime. Try and go out and get this. He's like, yeah, I'd love that. We kind of like batted the, like, we kind of talked about it here and there. Nothing formal, nothing crazy. But during COVID, like during the lockdown, when when the season had been shut down, there was actually an opportunity now. Um, we have time. There's, you know, and I had seen like the, the lakes are starting to freeze. Everything's starting to look good. <sighs> it is... If you think that they look like that every day, you are one naive person <laughs> like I was. Yeah, you're just like, we'll go. <laughs> we'll go. <laughs> like one centimeter of, of snow, it is not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it is totally a different yep. ball game out there. So we have it, it. The stars aligned. We go out. I still make great photos. They're not the photos I wanted. They were not what I pictured. That's not what I envisioned. Mm-hmm. So... And they're still great photos. Like, I love them. Orca liked them. Um, his brother was there who plays for the Medicine Hat Tigers. He was there as well. Um, like, we made it. Like we made great pictures. Like, they're mm-hmm. still great pictures. But I'm like, I'm not quite satisfied. I'm going to try this again. And I'd seen Lake Louise had been looking great. Once again, you think from one hour to the next, <laughs> it's going to look the same. You are foolishly mistaken. <laughs> Um, so I, I put out a call on my Instagram. I said, Hey, I'm looking for an athlete, hockey player, you know, meet me out at Lake Louise because it's COVID. I can't drive anyone out there. They have to be willing to spend their own money to drive out for these yep. photos. So, um, a guy I knew through seven on seven, uh, football, um, he's like, Oh, my girlfriend would love to do this. <laughs> His girlfriend's Soraya Tinker. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Um, so we get her out on the ice, but driving out there, it's like a blizzard. Mm-hmm. And there's like six inches of snow when we get there. I'm also dumb, did not bring a shovel, but there's these like little patches of ice kind of like opened that you can skate in. But I'm like, this isn't quite big enough. This looks ridiculous. So I'm laying on the ground, like waving my arms clearing ice on my stomach with my hands trying to get like a big enough area to like make this look cool (laughs) tiny little patch of ice um we had an amazing we had an amazing time out there the photos look like they were not what i wanted but they turned out almost better like i love them and she was what she was wearing just like she's wearing this red toque and it just like pops Mm -hmm. but it was like snowing like crazy like you don't you kind of see the mountains in the background but they're kind of like blizzarded out but you see this tiny little patch she's on like it just kind of shows like a grind and like it just kind of shows like dedication to like there's no indoor facilities at this time that anyone can actually practice on Mm -hmm. but then i also at that time realized too my opportunity to document the diversity of people looking for ice and our high level athletes needing a place to train Mm. So that kind of grew this project in a totally different direction. Like I said, it wasn't, it's not an original idea. Yep. The part that became unique to it was the diversity of the people that I had representing athletes out needing ice. So then the next, my next subject was Bridget Laquette, who's indigenous, a woman, hockey player. Like, 
I'm starting to hit like all these different, these different like people that are not typically seen in yeah. these images. Yeah. You look at a lot of these images and you see kind of the same mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was kind of trying to steer away from. And then I got people like Jet Wu, um, went into speed skating for a bit. So Gil Junio was there, uh, Brooklyn McDonald, McDougal, sorry. Oh, Brooklyn, I'm so sorry. Brain. Don't uh, and then uh, who else did I have? Alaj Balde, um, figure skating. Cool. Uh, like it just kind of like it just kind of started to grow. Mm-hmm. I did get my very glassy day, perfect, perfect, perfect ice. Um, but I hauled out the Hitman uh, and now Wrangler's equi- or not or athletic therapist that day because I was just like, oh, let's go check it out. Let's see, because he was the, one of the only people willing to get up at six a.m. to go for drive. A drive. <laughs> and it was it was uh, that, it was dicey like that. There's no, that ice is no joke. Like mm-hmm. you better research how to be out on that ice before you're just mm-hmm. giving her. Oh, you do not just throw skates on and think, oh, this is beautiful. Like it's it. There's certain thickness you have to like. There's safety things you need to do. And mm-hmm. like I fell through on one of my shoots with the Kreb, two of the Krebs brothers. Um, I fell through at Lake Minnewanka. No way. Um, but it wasn't it. I got lucky where I fell through, that I caught myself. Saved my camera. Everybody was fine. Everything was totally fine. But it was like that eye-opening moment too yeah. that it's like. There's a lot going on here. Oh, there, it's very dangerous. Like it's 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 actually quite dangerous to be out on, on those lakes. Like you that that winter you saw everyone just grab their skates yeah. and head on out yep. with no thought of like mm-hmm. testing and, and safety equipment. And like I've got like I've got a backpack full of stuff that I'm going with. I've got a rope. I've got you mm-hmm. know I've got whistles. I've got mm-hmm. like you should actually realistically also have like a life jacket on. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you should be doing before you just mm-hmm. head on out. What's well, so funny, right? Everyone everyone sees the end result. Mm-hmm. You see the picture, mm-hmm. and it just. They have no idea what it takes to pull it off. Oh, but even like checking ice conditions, timing people, like getting people to go out there, drive themselves. And like, thankfully, like the best part of working with high end athletes is if they say they're going to show up, they show up. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like, ah, I'm not really feeling it today. No, they're there. They're They're there and they're on time. Yeah, That's been like the best. The best part of that was like everyone just happened to show up and they were excited to be out socializing, yep. to be out being active, mm-hmm. and it was safe. We weren't mm-hmm. like we weren't close enough to each other that yep. we're putting each other at risk aside from falling through the ice. But like we were, yep. it was it was a great project. Um, and like I was not having like the best, you know, not having sport to shoot on a regular basis like I normally do. Like mentally, I was losing my mind, yep. and my dog had gotten sick at that time too. So just like I needed, yep. I needed to get out, which is. Um, to come up with a positive idea, it takes some energy to, to figure that out and then go after it. Yeah. And it like, that got me through. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think people real, like the people who were involved realized how like meaningful it was to have them as a part of it. Mm-hmm. And, but it also built some really like amazing friendships and connections with a lot of the people that took part. So like yep. it bonded us in a. Yeah. Way different. Yeah, some of the some of them obviously more more than others. Other yep. ones are just you know yep. not 
this, but yep. you know, we're not as mm-hmm. not as bonded by the experience as I am with others from the experience. It's so. so interesting though when you when your passion can then you start we talked about this quickly off camera too. It's like when your passion you start aligning with like minded people mm-hmm. and it's just it just clicks instantly mm-hmm. and you create lifelong relationships or deeper relationships with these people that are interesting to you. Yeah, and I think that's my biggest strength actually is more relationship building than the like technical part of what I do. Mm. Like I think that's that's a skill that I bring to the table that I think is a little different than a, a lot of other photographers um, in sports is my ability to build those relationships and build that trust yep. with the people that I'm working with. So like I think organizationally some people don't understand how valuable that skill is. Mm-hmm. But to be able to be around the athletes and catch their authentic moments because they also trust you as mm. the creator of that to be around, yeah. um, to catch those moments and not be uncomfortable with a camera around. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot that goes into that before you can do that, before they can relax and just be them. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that. And I think that that's my greatest strength in photography. And that comes from probably my serving and bartending days mm-hmm. is – my ability to disarm people quickly. Was that was that a, a talent early on? Like, do you think you as, um, you know, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. walking into a pro atmosphere, could you have, would you have had the skill set to kind of disarm them, make them feel comfortable? Or have you honed it over the years, like just every opportunity, just tweaking things a little bit? I've honed it over the years. Social media has made it a lot easier to make that happen. Because people are seeing the result of... They're seeing the result, but they're attaching my personality a little more to it as well. So they see me and like they can understand me a little bit more. But also the line to us is a little – it's a little shorter now. Right. Like it's not like I show up on game day. They never have seen me. They've never spoken to me. But I never – because it's like on game day, I don't talk to anyone unless I'm spoken to. Mm -hmm. I'll never – I never approach our athletes. I never say anything to them unless – they're directly speaking to me because mm. I don't know what they're they're yep. they're bring, they're focusing on something. I'm not their story that day, mm-hmm. so I have to build those inroads a different way in different times. So back then, when there was no social, they're not as accessible. Yeah, like now it's a lot more accessible. Or they reach out to me and just saying like, "Hey, did you get any good pictures mm-hmm. from this weekend?" And yep. I'm like, "Yeah, like." good professional relationships but sometimes you do it doesn't matter men or women you just connect more with certain people mm-hmm. and you build those relationships and then some of those relationships become friendships one of my closest friends i met from the calgary rage she's one of my closest friends awesome. and i'm close with a lot of the lot of the women that played still and i'm friends with guys that played for the hitmen i'm friends with um, like I'm friends with people from the Stampeders. Like it, mm-hmm. they develop just organically. It's yep. not a forced, it's not a forced kind of relationship building. Yep. But the inroads have to happen if you want if you want to be telling their story accurately. You have to be kind of invested in their story, but they need to be able to trust you to tell that story. So you, I don't think organizations fully understand that part yet. But yep. as the people who are creating the content, if I want the fans to buy into our team and our players emotionally, I have to emotionally invest myself into them and their journey to be able to tell that story properly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where my strength comes in less than, less than like 
having the best gear, yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah. you know, like being like the most technically sound mm-hmm. photographer around. It's no, my my skill comes in in a different way. That if you go and ask any of our players, it's unlikely many of them will say something bad. Unlikely. I don't know. I'm sure some of them want to, but I'm just going to pretend. I'm just going to live in the, the confident world that none of them would ever totally. say anything bad about me. It's a safe me. place. Yeah. <laughs> Do you um, understand that's um, – because usually – not usually. Photographers, the technical piece is a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. But the, to have the personality and the, and the ability to build relationships, can it be taught or is it just something in you? So since I teach – yeah, this is perfect. Um, yeah, it's it's funny because like I can I can look at a student's work and I can put it into one or two categories and I can say like they're very strong technically, yep. or they're strong their soft skill is that connection building, mm-hmm. the ability to draw out like emotion. That's the hard part. Yep. That's the hardest part to teach. Like we can teach you technical all day long, mm-hmm. but the ability to walk up to somebody. Put that anxiety aside of walking up to a stranger and the nerves, everything that it takes, and be able to quickly pull out their personality accurately into an image, that's really hard to teach. That's a skill, yeah. Um, I was doing a thing with my class. I know they think it was stupid, but I'm like, trust me. Do you like teaching, by the way? Um, Do you... um, There's parts about teaching I love. Yeah. Do you like the idea that that you can guide people with things that are important to you versus potentially leaving it to somebody else that might not? I think it's important that they see somebody like me yeah. in the position that I'm in, yeah. um, that they can see themselves in a position. Yeah. So like there's not – okay, well, first off, there's no other – okay, that I know of, I – if I really want to be corrected, I'm totally fine being corrected. I don't see another indigenous woman shooting high level sports in North America. Mm. There's no, I don't see anyone like me. Yeah. So I think bringing that to students is important. Yeah. Like they need to see that there's somebody out there that maybe looks like them. Yeah. That part's important mm-hmm. representing for them and for women. There's a lot more women now, like especially in the U S there's a lot more women uh, photographing pro sports. Yep. That's that's not super new. Mm-hmm. But like when I was coming through, um, first off, I didn't see a lot of women in general. Like in Alberta, there was me, Leah, um, Colleen, um, Amber Bracken. So there's like four of us, but there was a lot more. But now, like on the day-to-day, like game-to-game, it's usually me that's shooting action versus like there's other marketing photographers and things like that. But yep. as an action photographer, a lot of the time it's just me. Um, so that's important to show to my That's the part I like yep. um, when I'm teaching is that it's like this is a possibility for you. Yep. You can do this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the teaching the relationship building part, that's hard. So when I have students that are their photos are te- technically very sound. I'm like, now I have the hardest part to teach you is mm-hmm. what story are you telling in here? Yeah. Like you can take a picture technically well, but are you telling the story? Mm-hmm. The students who understand the story right off the bat, they're way easier to teach because it's just the technical stuff. Yeah. And you can get there quicker. Oh yeah. They're going to like, their photos might look worse mm-hmm. to start with. Mm-hmm. 
they feel more. Mm. You've got more feeling in them right mm. off the bat. To build the feeling into the technical part, that's the hardest part for which, sure. Which, and sometimes it's it might not even be possible for them to get there. I've seen it. I There's a photographer that I know, and I will definitely not name names. Um, they are a very technically sound photographer, and they've been doing it for quite a while. I feel absolutely nothing when I look at their pictures. Yeah. I, ca I cannot, mm -hmm. I cannot get on board with their work. It's, 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 it's kind of heartbreaking because of how much they love it and they pour into it, but you feel nothing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand the story. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't understand what they're trying to tell me. And, but that's, again, it's, it's very subjective. It's what I'm seeing out of their work and yeah. it just, it just doesn't resonate and it doesn't connect to me. I feel absolutely nothing and to me i want people to feel something when they look at my pictures it yeah. may not be the most technically sound picture in the world but i want them to feel that moment i want them to feel what that person's feeling when they see that picture yeah. that that is and that's the reason why you kind of gravitate towards certain images right like it's that story behind it yeah it's not like well their focus is whatever f like it doesn't like no. the average person has no idea no. they're just like look at the smile or look at the yeah. Whatever. Look, look at the scenario they're in. You're like, oh, this is, there's something here. Like what's actually happening? Yeah. You want to feel it. You mm -hmm. want to feel the picture. Yeah. And I think like, I think I'm stronger at that than the, like the technical, the gear, the, yep. the stuff like that. Like You can my, do it, obviously. Yeah. But. Yeah. I work very well with the people that I work with. I work very well with them. And yep. like, we connect very, very well. And like, I, I get that across. And I think sometimes I struggle a little bit. I struggle a little bit more sometimes on the organization business end of things mm -hmm. because it's hard. If, if you're someone who's not on the field of play with me, you don't understand that's, that's what I'm bringing to the table a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah. Is that, is that different relationship, um, that different relationship, but realistically, like I'm brand focused, like I, I, it's different than editorial that one I'm still selling emotion, yep. but this in within teams, it's more of like a kind of like a marketing role. Yep. I'm trying to sell the character of our team, the emotion of our team and our, our players as individuals outside of what they do on the ice or on the field to a wider audience. So like this person might not be the best player on the ice, but they're maybe the funniest, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm goofiest person that people should know that personality yeah. and see that in them that makes them more likable that makes them more likely to buy tickets to the game it it's it's brilliant mm -hmm. it's um and and well you you tell me how many people think like that i'm not gonna say a lot <laughs> I, I, I agree because it because it's, it's such a long play yeah you're building a brand around a bunch of different characters and it might not make sense why you're showcasing the funniest person that mm -hmm. might be the fourth liner or the, yeah. or the bench person. But to your point, if you can build a story around it, you're going to sell tickets because people are like this, this, there's some interesting people doing these things and you're building the brand and then that leads to business. Yeah. It does come down to business. But, and it's so funny how a lot of people can't connect all those dots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm lucky. Like I'm lucky where I work um, that, for the most part, they're understanding what I'm doing. Like, I've been lucky. 
Lucky by design, we'll say, of course. When I say lucky, any part of my life, none of that has been luck, Mm. we'll say. Trust me, when I go to the casino, there ain't no luck happening here. (laughs) 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 This is my Vegas Vegas lifestyle. Um, But that's, that's, I've had a fair amount of freedom. And before I came on, so I didn't actually start working with the Stampeders until 2018. And I'd just been working with them like I was still working games, but I was working editorial. Yep. So I've been with the Hitman and the Roughnecks as a contract photographer since 2015, but I only came on with the Stampeders as a contract photographer in 2018. So before that, I was working editorial. So I built my relationships on my own outside of the organization. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how I kind of sold to get in was talking about character branding. And building, like complimenting the work that our team photographer was doing, but focusing in more on the character of our guys and not always just the main, like the starting quarterback, Mm -hmm. our star receiver, our star running back. There are like, I don't know. How many guys? There's like 50. And during camp, we have like 100 guys. (laughs) Like, let's sell this character. Like, you can have people like, um, Derek Dennis was a great example. Mm -hmm. He's O-line. How often does the O-line get love? Like, never, but, but he's a character. Like, sell that because buys people in. And yeah. then that sells jerseys. Yeah. Like, totally. you see that, you see the character and you see, like, you see him on camera more and mm-hmm. him, like, having fun mm-hmm. and, like, dancing around yeah. and, like, the big personality that he is. That's going to sell jerseys. That's going to sell tickets. You see people doing something, like, um, roughnecks, like, you would see, yeah, Curtis Dixon was our star. But you get some like hometown guys and you and you hear it, you hear the crowd cheer louder for certain people yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Even our home opener for Hitman. Braden Peters, like our goalie, like the the crowd went pretty loud for him. And like I and a lot of that comes from like he's a funny kid. Mm. Like you gotta and junior hockey, you gotta sell you got to sell the character even harder. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot. There's so many options. And they move around quite a bit. Like yep. there's a lot of moving pieces. They age out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of trades that happen in junior. Yep. And like you, you got to just, it's not just, oh, it's just hockey. We're going to come because it's hockey. It's like, no, no, we like this kid, mm-hmm. this kid. Like mm-hmm. we had Orca Weisblatt who was like an interesting name and mm-hmm. that like, you know, people would come because they're like, oh, that's kind of, I'm going to be a fan of him. Yep. Um, it's the person. It's not. It's not the logo. It's the logo for a lot of it. But mm-hmm. then when you get the person involved, then there's a deeper connection. Yeah, and they're in. You're trying to build that connection, and you're yep. trying to build a bridge. Through, my job is to be that vehicle, or like to get people from what they see on the ice to their personality yep. to help sell our brand and sell their personal brands. I, like now that we're on this, yeah, we're like deep into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have to like put a bow on this. I think you and I could talk brand marketing for a long time because what you're, how you, um, how you're operating around that idea is, it's it's the only way, mm-hmm. which is, it's cool to hear it, and it's cool to hear from um, your perspective as a like a, a working photographer because sometimes it's just, I would have never thought that's the way you would have thought about things. But now when you look at my oh, stuff, it's do, brilliant. Do you yeah, yeah, do totally. you feel it? Oh, I, I can I can already picture. There's already photos that I've been looking at and I can see it and I'm like, oh, yeah, it all makes sense. And I think like if – okay, like my socials ridiculous sometimes. But a lot – like if you look at my stories and stuff too, 
stories, I do whatever, because yep. you have to make a conscious decision to engage with it. Yep. It's not in your face. Like you have to push that button to mm -hmm. look at. It's not just showing up in your feed. Yep. Yeah. You make the decision to look. Yeah. So in there, like a lot of the time, it's just like, sometimes it's still those little inroads. Mm -hmm. It's those little things mm -hmm. to like mm -hmm. build that relationship. Mm -hmm. I have one, and I joke about this one a lot. Uh, we had a player last year named Blake Allen on the Hitman. And I never, I'm now I'm airing out the secret, which is fine. I <laughs> never spoke. We, I'd never really spoken to the kid in the three seasons I had him. He's a, he's a more quiet kid. Like we just didn't have that connection. Yep. But when I did a shoot for the Every Child Matters jersey last year, I wanted to document that moment for me because it's an important moment for me, like our orange jerseys, mm -hmm. the significance of the game. I wanted to insert myself into that piece for myself of, of being able to document the jersey. He was the last kid I had shot. So I was like, I need a quick selfie. So I take a picture. And I'm like, well, we're best friends now. I just made this casual joke. And then I posted it on my social. And only me and him know that it's just like, we're not, mm -hmm. we didn't Did have. Yeah. Zero contact. Yeah. Here and we then, are. And then. And then it kind of grew from there. So now it's like this joke all the time that people actually think we're quite close. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's hilarious. And to him, it's really funny because mm -hmm. I'm always making these best friend jokes all the time. And like, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> we're, not even. No, like I, I support the kid all the way through like everything he's doing. I'm invested in his career as I am with all of my, yep. with all of like the players that I've had before but now it's like but now it's a thing like now it is our connection mm. this joke mm -hmm. this stupid joke has become <laughs> our connection and it's our thing and like i genuinely like i do genuinely care about him as a human yep. of course is he my best friend in real life <laughs> no i'm not best friends with a 20 year old <laughs> it's, don't tell him that like that's okay, well, that's a secret we'll but, mute it yeah <laughs> um the way i was in this i asked one question when I say Calgary, where does your head go? Home. Yep. Is that what everyone says? Nope. Oh. The answers are all over the map. Mm. But it's like, it's very interesting. Some people are one word. Some people are um, an event. Some people are the surroundings. But yeah, it's always different. Yeah. One word. Home. Cool. Um, thanks for taking the time. No, thank you so much this for having me. This has been like super cool. <laughs> Um, Brian, who you met earlier, was like, a, he's a huge fan of yours. Oh. <laughs> and when, when you said yes to be on the show, he's like, oh, I cannot wait to listen to this one. <laughs> he's a photographer, videographer. So I think oh, okay. your perspective and, and what you're up to is, it's going to interest a lot of people. So thanks for doing this. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate you. Have a good day. Thanks.